Bosh, we're back. Eggaloods. Today's topic. What episode are we on? 22? 23? 23. Wow. Yeah, come on. Come on. It feels like 23 years since England last scored a goal. Before that night against Germany, where they scored three. That fateful night. That fateful night. But yeah, today we are going to be discussing all things England. Yeah. Gareth Southgate, Aaron Maguire, selection issues, what's going to happen with Qatar. Yeah. So I've made like kind of brackets that we go through in terms of how we structure our England slander. Just so it's not a 45 minute rant about why we hate Gareth Southgate. Keep it concise. Keep it good. So the, the bits I've got are Southgate. I've got the playing style. I've got his team selection or squad selection. And then kind of our chances going into the World Cup, which is what, like a, a month and a bit away? Isn't it like six weeks or something? Yes, yeah, like mid-November. Mental, so yeah. yeah, very soon. So those are kind of the kind of... The breakdown. The chapters, if you will. The of chapters our of our book. England journey. Start with Southgate. Where do you stand on Southgate right now? Since the defeat to Italy in the final of the Euros, I was in a weird place where I thought, are we getting the best out of this team, the best out of these players? And I thought, I think probably not. Yeah. Um, I think this this team has such a high ceiling, such a high potential, but um, Gareth Southgate really isn't playing to that advantage. However, on the flip side, he's gotten us to a semi-final of a World Cup, the final of a European Championship, and clearly something he's doing is working. But could it be better? Could it be better? And now... The answer is yes, surely. Yeah, and obviously the recent performances in the Nations League having inspired no wins in six no wins in six world cup that's like england's worst run ever no wins in six off the back of a final that is rough i mean we played decent sides in italy and germany but they're not the size they were no and you like hunger weird that hungary are the best team in that group somehow but yeah um, i mean but they're coming up playing yeah just i am very much on the fence right now and what a whack! What a whack place to be! Right, I just think, like, honestly, I think a lot of people are though. Before and the second half against Germany, where we end up scoring three goals in like ten like minutes, Southgate out. I was very much Southgate out, mm. and I think three goals in twenty minutes probably shouldn't sway my decision too much. But that's all bouquet, mate. It is perhaps, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I agree. So I, I watched. Um, we were talking about James Lawrence Allcott's video before we started, and how. Shout out, James. Come on the pod. Um, He basically says that there's no wrong position in terms of how you can feel about Southgate. You can be Southgate out and you can be right. You can be Southgate in and you can be right. You can be on the fence and you can be right. Because, like you said, you can't sack him when he's got you England's, apart from the World Cup win in 66, he's got England's two best Finishes. finishes in competitive tournaments. And you can't sack the man after doing that in his first two tournaments. So he was always going to get the World Cup unless he fucking, like, chinned his wife or something. <laughs> like, he's always going to get it. So I think it's, it is hard to ignore the six games going from the uh, Nations League. But 
we should ignore them because he was always going to get the World Cup no matter the results. Uh, one one weird thing with England is that we usually always do very well in qualifying and friendly and stuff like that. We look just amazing. And the minute we go into a tournament, we sort of shit the bed. Yeah. And we can't pull out a goal. We can't get results against teams we should be smashing. Whereas with Southgate, it's sort of been the opposite. And you look at it and argue, well, we sort of scraped our way through to a semi-final in the World Cup. We yeah. had an easy run. Uh, same thing with the uh, Euros. We never really blew a team out of the water. But um, apart from that ten nil game, fucking what, like a year ago, I haven't seen England score like three goals in a game and batter a team. I yeah, I mean, apart I th- from maybe that Germany game. Yeah, in the Euros. I, th- I think um, it, it is. It is just one of those things where you look at the players, the quality we have in the team. And he's playing players like Phil Foden out right wing. He, when Bukayo Saka played, he's playing left wing back until he actually came on a right winger and then did yeah, something. A mess. Um, his refusal to play with the number 10, his refusal to switch from a back three, um, his just lack of innovation in terms of, right, we clearly have an issue with our left backs. Luke Shaw probably isn't good enough. So he looked all right, to be fair. And he did. He played a really disgusting ball for Sterling in that Germany game. Yeah, and he always seems to, as far as England left-back go, have the most attacking output. Seems to always get in and around the goal more than... But let's have some innovation. You look at what Pep yeah. did. He took Jao Cancelo, put him in the left-back role, played him in inverted. And Southgate is as good as Pep Guardiola. Well, I'm so, they all well, say that. I mean, regardless, you've taken, you've taken a player, Jao Cancelo, who's played right-back his whole career, put him in left-back role, play yeah. him inverted... And then he plays with a really wide touchline hugging uh, left winger that allows yeah. Cancelo to in underlap yeah. or break into the middle of the pitch. So you're stretching the pitch in two different dimensions there. But Southgate's like, right, I'll just play Luke Shaw. Yeah. Maguire. Well, I think the thing with Southgate is, and we'll move on to his kind of playing style in a sec, but I think what is good about Southgate, and I think he is due some credit in how he came into the role uh, um, after Sam Allardyce and England were kind of in a mess at that point there was like no identity every tournament would get fucked no togetherness no togetherness the fan base were all over the gaff that might be the key word when it comes to Gareth Southgate is togetherness yeah 100% he's united well at that point he united the fan base got everyone on side in that World Cup he changed the whole dynamic of the team in terms the, of the team were behind him there's never been like an England team that have been had friends been such a cohesive unit and also been so onside with this manager and Gareth Southgate is the only one really I can think of that has kind of united the team so they're all boys they're all going out Instagramming together going on holiday straight to Mykonos and all that and then Gareth Southgate you can see the way that they talk about him in the media they they fucking love him and they so, defend him as much as he defends them which if, is great to see like the FA are probably in kind of like a sticky situation in that they're not gonna fire Gareth Southgate because He's they the know it's not just firing him it's firing that team cohesion it's firing the whole country being behind him so it's a tricky one I'm not gonna lie though fuck that I'd rather win something get that cup in there baby I, I literally couldn't care less I would it's all great being oh we're all friends yeah. oh we love each other it's all good football friend yeah well back the country but you know what's going to back the country even more trophies trophies mate yeah hold tight the trophies mate we we are England yeah we've won one uh, but then are people getting are people getting too ahead of themselves is it like we've only won one because we're only one cup worth of good potentially but now we've had is it arrogance maybe yeah 
I mean, I, 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 as well, before the Germany game, they're playing, it's coming home, it's coming. Fuck that off, man. I don't care. I really don't care. I don't want to hear that shit until we actually win something again. Yeah. Right? It is, yeah, because it's now, now, it's, now we got to the point where we are good enough to win something, yeah. but we haven't. Yeah. We've capitulated. We've become the Tottenham of the fucking international stage. Well, it's like, it, how can you be led by Harry Kane? He is like a renowned bottle job. Yeah, no, but he nah, does but score goals. He's two yeah. off Rooney's record. Yeah, but he scores goals against shit teams. I had this debate on Twitter um, a couple of days ago. I'd take Rooney over Harry Kane. Ooh, is it, it, that is a tough one, but, but I, I think I would as well. That's a, another debate. But Harry Kane is good, and he is England's best striker. Yeah, um, no, I do agree. What we should say about Gareth Southgate is also he is very like media savvy. He is he, he never is. seems like rattled in the media, and like he's had opportunities where like, and we'll talk about his uh, team selection in a bit as well. But like he does some like dodgy shit. And the media get on him. Oh, Not dodgy mean, shit yeah. as in like fucking fondle children. But <laughs> you mean it's in like dodgy shit as in like not take Trent in your squad, not take Madison and all that. So he does ropey decisions and then will handle the media kind of berating him very well. And he so is, I he's, think he's that, so media trained. Oh, yeah. So it's very good in the sense that like having a manager that is cool, calm, collected at all times. He's sort of like the James Milner of managers. Oh, do I get James Milner in after Southgate? Do you know what I mean? Like he's just—he just seems so boring, and like his football is boring. <laughs> his personality seems kind of boring. I don't know the man, but and that's why he's like—he doesn't get rattled by anything because he's just like. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I but think he is very well spoken and he does come across well. He's and that's a beige part, man, isn't he? That, so beige. He likes his tea, hella milky, hella milky, no yeah. sugar. With a plain digestive. Yeah, not too hot as well. Like, let, yeah. let it Luke cool down Luke to like room temperature tea. That's Gareth Southgate. But we'll move on from the man to the, the playing style that he's got this, arguably, the gold... Like, we talk about the golden generation of Rooney Lampard and that. And maybe they are, like, at the moment, still that golden ge- generation. But this generation... It's a different kind of golden generation. A couple of years' time will be seen as the golden generation. Especially for us, like, we're like... Now enough to go out to the pub, watch all of that. We like invested in these kids, whereas like we were kids when invested in the kids. That was weird, but um, yeah, when we were like watching Lampard and ruining that, we were kids, so it's like hard yeah, to get no, out I, to I get what you're saying. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's got this generation, golden generation of Bellingham, Saka, Foden, demand them. I'm not even, but they're the young kids. We still got players like Harry Kane. You got players like. Um, James Milner. James Milner. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, but do you know what I mean? John like, Stones. John Stones, yeah. Kieran Trippier. Is it, oh, I don't, I don't know. No, but like, there are levels to this yeah. game. Yeah. Level, I love this game. Yeah. I don't love this game at the moment. So, Gareth Southgate, t- talk about his tactical ability or lack of. So, he's a three. staunch um, defender of... Well, he's a staunch defender. His kind of philosophy is... If you don't concede, you can't lose. Exactly. I'd rather win a game 1-0 last minute on the break or go to penalties and win the penalties rather than we lose 3-2 or we might win 3-2. His, yeah, his philosophy is get as late into the game as in the game as possible. Do you know what? His style of football is almost so pragmatic. It is great for tournament football because that is how you do progress yeah, in tournaments. 100%. But I mean... It is so pragmatic that it is almost so. It's almost reminiscent of an Antonio Conte mm. in terms of 
he's quite happy to concede possession, he, but he wants to break into the areas of the pitch. He wants to create space behind defensive lines for players like Raheem Sterling to run into. Mm. And that's probably why Sterling's been so effective even under Southgate. Yeah. And probably been England's best player that entire time. He probably wants to play like Antonio Conte, but without the tactical nous of Antonio Conte. Because well, Antonio Conte has brought in the players to allow him to play that style. Probably whereas- football works really well when you can spend every day of the week on the training pitch yeah. practicing and this is a term that's coming to my football brain very like I knew what it was but <laughs> Let's go. I, it's, I, I heard when it's been discussed around Tottenham and around um, Gareth, Gareth Southgate I was about to say Anthony Southgate <laughs> Gareth Southgate um, automatisms so like stuff before you said autisms <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Automatisms. Is that so, a word? What the fuck is Yeah, that? so it's like um, practices <laughs> of passing a movement, but you drill it like over and over and over and over again. Uh, and it's and you work on them in specific areas of the pitches. Uh, okay. Where that is literally all you do. Okay. That's all you do. and you But you get it down to a T and you practice maybe like five or six different variants of it in each position of the pitch. So the minute you spot, you look up and you see oh yeah, he's in that position. We'll do the second one. Okay. And it's just repetitive drilling. Yeah. So that, so that when you get into those positions, you know instantly how to break and where that player on the pitch is going to be. Yeah. For the well, switch. Arteta said something like that similar in All or Nothing, didn't he? He was like, um, he did that, uh, I don't know if you've watched it or if you haven't watched it, I'll kind of try and run you through what happened. He gave the, he got all the boys in like a briefing room and gave them two like whiteboards with football formations. And he was like, try and remember as many of the players in their formation as possible. And they all got kind of like half. And he was like, we need to get to a stage where you know every single one so that you could close your eyes and be like, he will be there. He will be there. And it's kind of like that. You want to have your players so well drilled on the pitch that they can be anywhere on the pitch. And before the ball even comes to them, they don't even need to think. And they know what the next move should be at all times. And I think that's the kind of Whereas like football back in the day was a lot more kind of fluent and a bit more like Ronaldinho. It was either you were you were moment. a really aggressive physical team or you were a really flamboyant, really technical team. Mm. And But now it's just you've got to be drilled. You've got to drilled, be technical drilled. and physical. And there's an argument, a debate for another day about is this drillingness driving the fun out of the game. Who knows? I don't think so. Because um, like, you look at the tactical battles that you watch during football now. Yeah. Especially like, going back to Antonio Conte versus Tuchel at Stamford Bridge. Mm. That game was a real tactical battle. But the problem is for Gareth Southgate is that you don't have the time to spend with these players. Yeah. They're coming from, you've got players coming from Man City who play this tiki-taka pep football. You've got players coming from Spurs who play very pragmatic football, yeah. very similar to England. You've got players coming from like Newcastle who yeah. play under Eddie Howe. Like Jude coming from abroad, from yeah, Bruce Dortmund playing a very high press. So like it is, you you got to merge all these styles and and sort of almost simplify the football down to it to a yeah. place where everyone can understand it. And it's not like they're not going to understand it because obviously they're professional footballers. But get down to a point where the football identity is simplified, but it allows for expression. Yeah, and it allows for you to have players like Jude Bellingham who not playing in a two. Yeah. So he can actually get forward and don't have to do the defensive. Well, that's my exact issue with the five at the back. And it's that minus John Stones, in the lineups we've seen recently, there is no ball-playing DM, uh, def- uh, centre-back. John Stones is really good at driving out from the line, 
and finding a progressive pass. Harry Maguire is shit at it. And we'll talk about Harry Maguire in a minute. Eric Dyer is shit at it. Gaye's all right. Doesn't get a look in, really. Tamori is really good at it for AC Milan. Doesn't get a look in. You play people like... Uh, Tyro Mings is all right at it. And he's never let England down. How does he not get called up and Harry Maguire get called up? I don't. Because he get only that got dropped from us. He only got called back up to the Aston Villa squad because uh, the cost of injury. Yeah, but he's been all right for Aston Villa since he's been back in the Aston Villa. I don't. Team, I don't. Right. I don't get his agenda against Tyrone Mings. I think he's a good player. I don't like him, but he he's kind of like my kind of stone to hit Southgate with in terms of Maguire. If Benjamin Maguire... White. Let's talk about Benny Boy White. As far as progressive centre backs go. He's probably the best England have at the moment. Maybe apart from John Stones. But I don't get how he doesn't get a look in. Because if you're playing two midfielders in front of the three at the back, and those two midfielders aren't known for their technical ability, if you play two in the middle, you need two technical mandem that will run the game. You want someone like Luka Modric or Thiago that is going to dictate the tempo of the game. You probably will get there. But he's still too young to dictate the tempo and of the game. He's also not. He's not. And he's, he's not, not that a guy. metronome. He's more of like a box to third, box. Yeah, he's a box to box. The third man. And Declan right. Rice absolutely isn't that. He's like a DM exclusively. Yeah, his progressive passing actually isn't the worst. It's all for a right, DM. but he's not going to run but a game not, for you tempo wise. He's not the type of player who's going to spot a run exactly across the pitch and be able to play that cutting ball like and a so James Madison. If you're set, and I'm set on having them two as our midfielders, so if you do do that. You need defenders behind them that are going to play the progressive passes and break the lines. And you've got that in John Stones, but don't in Harry Maguire and Eric Dyer. So you want someone like Ben White who can step out from the defensive line, play a progressive pass, does it for Arsenal week in, week out. Tomori does it week in, week out for AC Milan. Why don't, and I'm not saying you have to, but if you play like, even Eric Dyer gets into that and you play Ben White, Stones and Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer is not the worst doing it because he he was a defensive midfielder yeah. for a large part. Or of his you career. play Tamori Stones and Eric Dyer, and you don't play Ben White. But you need more ball playing players behind those two if you're going to play those two. Because at the moment there's such a disconnect. And I tweeted this during the Italy game and the first half of the uh, Germany game. They pass it around the five at the back and the two, and then Sterling. Oh, who was it? Sterling Foden and uh, Kane are so far ahead that There's they no just recycle. The they just recycle it all the time until the only kind of phase of play that works is a counter attack because everyone's squashed and then breaks quickly. When the play is just open up, there's no link between the forwards and the defence because the two in the middle, all they focus on at the moment is just winning the ball back when we lose the ball. Yeah, and. So this goes all the way back to the formation. When you play with the three at the back, like you say, you need that ball playing defender and you need to enable them by having solid defensive partners around them yeah. who can step in and tighten that back that's line. That's why Spurs and, got Romero. That's why they got Longley. Because their man can play ball. Potentially, you're even looking at not even holding to a three at the back once you're in possession of the ball. You want to move into a four at the back yeah. and you want to push that ball playing defender into the midfield, yeah. play him as the pivot or even allow him to go a bit further up leave Declan Rice as the pivot yeah Um, I've got a little question I want to ask you we're going to take a little break oh yeah take a little break and um, we'll reload it we're going to carry on talking about England's tactical troubles we're back we're back baby and we're going to carry on with England's tactical troubles England's tactical troubles yeah Um, 
before the break, I was going to ask Ross a question. I w- I'm going to ask you to pick three players who you feel we need to utilise more in order to bring success at the Qatar World Cup. Utilise more as in like they're currently not getting a look in or they're getting a look in but being played wrong. Potentially or they're starting but they're starting in the wrong position or potentially they're being played in a formation that doesn't allow them to get the best out of themselves. Okay. And I'll ask you, I assume you have some in mind as well, so I'll ask you it after. Depends what you say. Okay. Well, we can. So for me, one of them is Phil Foden. He is, he's been Pep's kind of golden boy since he was what, like 16? He's been like nurtured by Pep Guardiola. Managed, managed. And he was saying like, apart from Messi, he's like the most technically brilliant player that Pep's ever managed. And so if Pep's saying that, he is the guy for England. He's the best manager in the world. Exactly. And so um, we need to get more out of Phil Foden because not enough people are saying it, but he has been stinking it up on the international stage. For a player as good as him, he's been stinking it up. And is that down to him not living up to the big occasion? I don't think so because we've seen him perform for City. He's played in so many big games and like carried it. When people like De Bruyne and stuff aren't on smoke or like Aguero or whoever aren't on smoke, he is like, I remember one Liverpool game where he just tore them up by himself. And so he is So that's he is not England's problem. most technically gifted player. If that's not the problem, his ability to play on a big stage, is it down to where Southgate's playing him? So obviously in the Italy and the Germany game, we've seen him deployed as a right winger, which really, really, really doesn't get the best out no. of him. Especially when you've got a player like Rhys James, who we've seen be able to bomb on. And he's, yeah. he's almost as good in, in the uh, attacking third as anyone. Yeah. But that wasn't wasn't happening. My issue with that is Phil Foden isn't a winger. I see, like he plays, so he, he rarely plays right wing at City. He'll play left wing quite a lot, and I don't really like him when he plays left wing. But I get why because you've got a uh, you you've got the likes of Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne, and you, you can't, can't really have a midfield where it's like Rodri and then just Bernard, uh, Rodri and then De Bruyne and Foden. Yeah, you don't have that runner in there. So and so I get why they play him out there because the technical ability in the City team is through the roof. Where it's, it's not in the England team, he is the most technical guy. So he needs to get on the ball more than any other player. And the problem with playing him out on the wing is that, especially with the way that England playing, there's such a disconnect between the back lot and the front three. Anytime he gets the ball, it's so quick and sharp, and it, he hasn't touched the ball in like five minutes, that it's easy to do a loose touch or overthink it. Whereas if he's on the ball constantly, 80% of the game... He's he feels like he's in the game and he doesn't need to overthink. He's such a player that does things just off the cuff. It's all natural. It's like he doesn't think about shit. When he thinks about it too much, like when England play and he hasn't touched the ball in ages, he's happen. like, shit, I need to have a good touch now. I need to do something good. He overthinks it and bottles it. I he want needs to be on the ball all the time. Him to be, yeah, like I said, I want him to be the player in England squad that has the most touches. Yeah, 100%. And the way I think we get to that position... Um, is through a formation change. It and has to be. Like, do you know what? It's you can't not make gonna, it work in five back. It's not going to happen before the World Cup and it won't happen probably during uh, the rest of Southgate's tenure as England manager. Yeah. But if we want to really get the best out of this England team, we need to deploy Bellingham in the three in the middle, mm. allow him more freedom and give him less defensive work to do. Yeah, you've got to rely on Rice doing all the defensive work. Let Bellingham do the box-to-box and just let Phil... And that's Phil. It. Play Phil in that number 10 role. And then you even have like, you can bring players like Madison 
even a better Eze. And then, yeah, that the gives fold. them, man, an opportunity to get in the team because they but, know with the two in midfield, their position isn't even like, an option at the moment. I mean, we're so starting, they're thinking, fuck, what's the point of even, like, I'm not going to get into the team because my position isn't If there. it wasn't for Calvin Phillips' injury, we'd probably be watching a midfield two with Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. The dryness, mate. Um, Jordan Ashley Henderson elbows. probably shouldn't be anywhere near the starting 11. No. But yeah, like you say, if you if you move to a formation where you can play a ten or even just a slightly more progressive eight, even and you play like Foden- five at the back, and then instead of two wingers and Harry Kane, you do Foden at ten and Harry Kane and Sterling. Or yeah, play or. Sterling off Kane's shoulder because you know you Kane's need a ten team. in international football. I said this more than ever. You can't get. I said this um, fucking when we were watching the Euros. You can't get overrun in the midfield because every team. Even if they're shit, they're good players. They always have like one or two stars and they're normally in midfield. And England, as good as our two midfielders are, you've got to be world-class to beat three average midfielders. Three average midfielders are always going to outrun and outplay two good midfielders. You need three in there. And Phil allows you... Phil's work rate is crazy as well. Like He's like having him in the middle, he'll be able to go out wide. He'll do the De Bruyne thing where he'll just roam. And his work rate's crazy. You well, can't just leave him static on the wing because he's no, waiting, waiting for the ball. It's dry. You just leave him stranded on the pitch. And like I said, like if you move to that that point where you have a formation, whether it be a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three with a very progressive like ten, mm. you allow the inclusion of players like James Madison, yep. like Aberia Eze. Yep. Um, there's other great tens as well, like Smith Rowe potentially, yep. and those three players that I've just mentioned, they all do the ten role, but very differently. Yeah. Um, it's a good option, and so you have the ability then to pick a player and bring him on in a situation where, say, they're playing a really deep line and he's someone who can play a really brilliant through ball. You got someone like James Madison, brilliant passing. If you if you need someone who's going to be able to generate more space to allow a wide man to get inside, or even a number six or an eight to get into a half space, you have got someone like a Bereze. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you have players like that at your disposal, but because of this lack lack of tactical um, flexibility, you are costing yourself opportunities to yeah. utilise them. Because five at the back requires you to bring like a million defenders. Whereas if you play four at the back, you, you can drop two defenders. Cause... But does this five at the back stem from the fact we have like four almost world-class right backs and it's, in, it's trying to get them into the squad by playing one of them as, yeah. i.e. Carl Walker, right centre-back? Yeah, maybe. Potentially. Another thing is, so if we did potentially move to uh, a formation away from five at the back into a four at the back with a number 10, that frees up that right winger role to bring in someone who I think we both would agree. He was going to be my next guy. Exactly. The baby boy, the star boy, Bukayo Saka. The game against Germany, can I just say? Love you. It was, it was a, like complete contrast to when he was off the pitch compared to when he came on. He was by far the best player on the pitch. I thought Mount actually did all right. I think I texted you saying, I'm not a fan of Mount coming on. Yeah. But he was all right. He came in the right area and he was direct, which was brilliant, which is what we like to see. Yeah, Mount's him. really good when the game is hectic because he is really good at picking up the right spaces. But when there's the game's a bit stagnant and kind of slow and you're trying to break down a team, which is, I think, what Chelsea fans get tired of him because Chelsea are always, most of the time, dominating the game. He's not very good at, like, picking locks and that kind of game. He's good when the game is fucking mental end and end-to-end end and he can kind of pick up cheeky spaces. But if it's on him to pick locks and find progressive passes, he's not very good at that. So bringing him on for, like, the last 20 of a hecky game 
is like smart because he's good at that. But yeah, on Bukayo, the boy's cracked, mate. He is, I'd say, England's best winger and should be in the starting eleven every single time. Especially because left wing, you 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 could argue Foden could go out there. You could play Grealish. You could play Sterling. Right wing, there is no one competing with him at Saka's level. They're like the argument for Sancho dry. Rashford, I'd say he's better on the left than he is on the right anyway. Jared Bowen, but he's dry at the moment. So Saka is in a different league to every other right winger. I don't want to hear Foden out there again because he's shit out there. And Saka, what he does is he just gets that man. There's a lot of people that recycle. He really rattles defenders by so many the fact that he, recycle, like, recycle, he's almost, he's almost a bit babyface assassin. He's, like, he's my tonk little ute, man. I love uh, bro, honestly, like the game changed so much. You could tell the defenders didn't want him running at him, at them. And that's what we'll do. A lot of men, they'll come up to a defender and recycle backwards. He'll just be like, no, I'm burning you, burning you, burning and you. And he does it, he does it without thinking. You just, you, you see him, yeah. he approaches the defender and he's past him and it's gone. Or, he does that and he pushes the defender back far enough to allow someone to overlap. And that's exactly what England need. When you've got players like Reese James and Trent, even um, Kieran Trippier, who's yeah. quite good going forward, potentially not Carl Walker, not the best bombing on mm. right back in the world, but unlock that ability, utilise these players. We yeah. watched Reese James in two games against Italy and Germany, not really get a sniff of anything up the pitch. Yeah. And so you're saying, oh yeah, Trent's been dropped because of his lack of defensive capability. Well, you've got three fucking centre-backs, love. Yeah. Like, come on. Let's, the whole idea, the whole concept of utilising the three at the back, yeah, with three set, five at the back with three centre-backs is to utilise your wingers. Yeah. And fair play, Luke Shaw, when he came, uh, he did like a brilliant like, ball to like, Sterling yeah, who uh, sort of scuffed the finish a bit. Yeah, Sterling looked a bit ropey to be fair. But, no, but the thing is with Sterling, he is the moments, man. He'll no, but he there. is England's. He's been for the last maybe five years England's best player. Oh yeah, no, I think m- m- like my starting front three is always Sterling, Harry Kane, and Saka. And just on Saka, another good thing about him is I think he works so well with Harry Kane because Harry Kane is like Gabriel Jesus in the fact that his link-up play is with the wingers is phenomenal. He's so good at like touching it down, playing it off, and going, and the winger going. He's so good at intricate one twos and. He Saka gets that with Gabriel Jesus now and he can do that with Harry Kane and I think them two together work so well and the problem with Foden and Harry Kane is they both try too much on the ball whereas with Saka Saka all he does give and go give and go give and go and that's how you unlock defences that's yeah exactly that's how you unlock defensive. and another thing we were saying about Trent and his lack of defensive capabilities. The only reason we need defensive capabilities is because we defend like fucking idiots. But if you have a good defence, you can... That's what Liverpool do so well. Their defence is good. I mean, they, I the mean they were good. Yeah, it's But you had like Van Dijk, you had Gomez or Matip yeah. or uh, Konate and it was solid and it allows Trent... You watched when Liverpool were good, yeah? Trent... And Robbo, like most of the time, they'd be up in the opponent's half. Exactly. And Saka does kind of what Salah does in that he allows kind of like a rotation with Trent. I think... The triangles, isn't it? Saka and Trent on the right wing would be disgraceful. Yeah, I, I'm fully here for it. I think also... But then you need better Potentially an un, un, understated side of Saka's game is his defensive quality as well. Yeah, yeah. He tracks back. Yeah. He, gives you, he, he gives you more on the right wing than Foden does. 
Yeah, Foden, you're looking at a wide playmaker, but you don't need a wide playmaker when your striker is basically a, a number ten yeah. who scores goals. That's what Harry Kane. Yeah, is. all you want is just aggressiveness in your wingers, because the problem with our team is no one is taking anyone on. It's just recycle and counter attack. But how can recycle, you have, yeah, how can you have a team with Sterling, Grealish, Foden, yeah. and don't take everyone on? They, like, that's what I'm saying. You want just get. If I was in charge, I'd just get all the players. I'd do like a drill in training and be like, who can take on the most man? And then I'd pick the best 11 out of that and just shove them all on pitch. And be like, just take on everyone. Just do it. Um, Jack, you only took on nine out of 22, so you're in goal. Yeah, literally. <laughs> because it's just like you want to be inspired by... This is a golden generation and you want them to do crap shit. You want them to dribble past three man and bend in like a 30-yarder. You don't want them to just recycle, lose the ball get pressured for 90 minutes and score a counter-attacking winner. You want to be like, oh, every time you know what? every time we get the ball, we're going to score. If if we went through to the semi-finals, yeah, but we played exciting, that's scintillating it, football and it looked like, do you know what? We could beat any team on the planet by yeah. six or seven goals and we end up losing to a really shit decision in, in the semi-final. Yeah. Is what it is. I think most people will be happy with that. But you want to see that, like, there is nothing, nothing worse than wasted potential. Just and I think that is the fear through a golden generation. It's just that not is it. the biggest fear of yeah. every England fan right now is wasted potential. Like, there is so many techie ballers in this squad. Yeah, there is such potential. There is really good balance in the squad. We have great players in every position, potentially apart from left back. Yeah, and our centre backs, you know, but we have options there. Um, even if your centre back is your weakest position. Don't play three of them then. Literally that, especially when... Or just play... Because at the moment, we're practically playing four at the back because Harry Maguire is just one lesser man. Don't want to be that guy, but he can't be in the starting lineup. Um, so yeah, either just... Just think about him more. And my last guy from the question you asked is Trent. He... I've seen arguments of people saying he can't even make the squad. He has to be in that squad. Not necessarily in the starting eleven, but... And for me, he probably would still be in the start. I tweeted that progressive passes um, chart. Yeah, chart. I whack up here. Okay, beauty the green screen. But like, he just is the best. He is the best attacking right back potentially. He doesn't necessarily need to start every game. Say we come up against a Brazil. It could be circumstantial. Play Reese. Play Carl Walker. Play Ben White. Playing Iran first game. Block like he needs to play because he will score. Whereas. The other man won't. Trent needs to be in that squad for he, options. He, uh, like, honestly, so before we wrap up this little segment here. Yeah, who are your three? Oh, I was going to say um, Foden. Nice, yeah. Saka. Yeah, I really like the Trent one. Yeah. But um, for me, Jude Bellingham. Yeah. I think there's uh, the Euros. It was kind of like everyone was like, oh, Jude isn't getting enough playing time. But I think now, I think Gareth has seen the light. He was, he the, was the, t- the best the player apart from uh, the last 20 minutes of the Germany yeah. game, throughout the entire shit show that was the Italy game and yeah. through the first se- uh, 60, 70 minutes of the Germany yeah. game, he was the best player potentially on the pitch for me. Yeah, Jude is the truth. Man. And he like, is crazy. What, he, 18? He, he is unbelievable. He's a proper Rolls Royce of a midfielder. Yeah, so he does everything and he's only going to get better. He is unbelievable in tight spaces. Yeah, he's he takes, so strong for his he, age. He takes players out the game. His passing is so insightful. He yeah. will literally 
nullify three or four players just yeah. through playing the correct pass. Yeah, he's great. But let's let's utilize him, play him in a three, play him as as a number eight, allow him to progress further up the pitch more often. Yeah. Reduce the defensive capability responsibility he has. Yeah. Because you've got a player like Declan Rice who can do know, it on his own. Exactly. He doesn't need he to doesn't need him. And so let's just utilize him. He is so, so, so good. And you've got Scarif Southgate talk about um, Musiala saying like he was one of the greats, like one of the best. Musiala is tech. Yeah. But like we've got fucking Jude, Jude Bellingham. Yeah. We've got Phil Foden. We've got Bukayo Saka. Bukayo. We've got Chris Willock. Yeah. Right? There's, there's, no, there's just, a shout. There's some No, but man. like there is, there is like Jude yeah, Bellingham yeah, is, he is the, the key. The truth. He is the father, son and the Holy Spirit. Mate, he is. We haven't had a really good midfielder in a long time. Yeah, like we've had, we've, we've had, had we've lot, had but... good midfielders, and you. But you're going back to like the days of like Lampard and Gerrard. Yeah, and well, no, that's exactly what I was didn't even about, yeah. work. But like, what's how how long goes that now? Yeah, and Lampard and Gerrard at 18, they're not doing what Jude is doing. No, nah, never. Anyway. Maybe the only player who was as good as Jude at 18, Me. <laughs> Wayne Rooney. Yeah, now Wazza was obviously, obviously Wazza was levels. Yeah, but um, talk to me about Harry Kane and Wazza. They're not in the conversation. But yeah, it, it, is, it is what it is. I mean, the only other position which is because I think the next section we're going to be doing is about the Qatar World Cup, about what's going. Also, on. Also, uh, a little touch on kind of players that aren't making a squad and kind of we can have those two together and people like Madison not getting a look. In. Yeah, we'll talk about. I was going to say goalkeeper position. Obviously, Nick Pope. Nick Pope dusted, mate. He got the lowest ever rating for an England player. I really? can't remember what site it was on, but he got like a 3.2. I but he, was on game, board with the idea of Nick Pike. His game wasn't that bad. He, he had a howler at the end of the game. Right, it was... Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't have spilled it. The ball, to be fair, does bounce kind of weirdly, yeah. but you're a Premier League goalkeeper. You need and to his it. only ability is shot stopping. Yeah. And that's so why. He got beaten by a brilliant Havertz strike. Yeah. Um, and a penalty. Yeah. It was a good penalty. And then a Harry Mags. Uh, oh, yeah. The Harry Mags disaster classes. Yeah. Penalty. And so, like, he didn't have... It wasn't It wasn't the worst England goalkeeping performance I've ever seen. No. But his distribution is shocking. I think, from, like, so, Qatar World Cup starts tomorrow. You've got every goalkeeper in England is fit. Mm. Who is your number one starting goalkeeper? Jordan Pickford. It has to be. Until, until he am, fucks up in the English show. I and this makes my argument even more valid. I don't like Jordan Pickford at all as a player. Seems like a bit of a cunt. But but I think for England, the argument is always he's never let England down. And I totally agree with that. And also Aaron Ramsdale, who I'd have as my number one, maybe in a couple of years down the line, hasn't had enough time to cement his place as number one. Hasn't had enough games to do it. You can't go into the World Cup giving Aaron Ramsdale his first competitive tournament start. So I'd still have Jordan Pickford. Yeah, I think... And people, his distribution isn't shocking. It's not as good as Ramsdale's, but it's not shocking. I think he also is like... He's going to be more comfortable in commanding that England defence, mm. which needs commanding. Cause yeah. You, you watch the game. Ramsdale's quite good at that, though. Yeah, no, I know Ramsdale is very good at that, but Ramsdale hasn't played yeah, yeah, for like England said, yeah, in, like in said, front he, of that. Like, still too early in his England yeah. career. So... How old you, is Pickford? You go for... He's very young. Very, very young. young. Uh, very good with his feet. Um, but yeah. Got tiny arms though. 
he flaps for everything. Twenty eight, eh. but he he pulls off some amazing saves, and he never yeah. he he hasn't let England down yet. And until you do, yeah, give him his tournament is, and then see what happens. He after. is potentially one of the outliers for my argument that it shouldn't always be based on England performance. England performance. It should, it should, it should be a balance of form, club form. It you know. should be like 75% club form. Of course it should. And then like 25% of course what it you've should. done. Um, Maybe even more weighted. But yeah, but don't say that to Ivan Tony because... Um, yeah, we can discuss Ivan Tony. Like, Tammy Abraham, I saw Laura Woods, who said it many times, absolute queen. She was saying on TalkSport, what's the point of even bringing Ivan Tony? Because if you have sh- like put him in front of the media, giving him all these questions about, are oh, you excited to play for England? Blah, blah, blah. And then you don't even get a start or any minutes. And you're not getting taken to a World Cup now. You've just given him kind of like false, like, hope. false hope, probably, but yeah. Do you hear, I think it goes back to when Southgate first got called up, but I think by Terry Venables. Oh. And he was, he was, in, he was in, put up for like two squads and he just spent time around the camp understood what it meant to play for England, understood the fundamentals of like international football. So like, obviously it's not the same day in, day in, out training. Um, It's not the same sort of harmony you have at a club, but it's all professionalism. Yeah. And I think Southgate's obviously, he's quite quite old school in that sense where he's happy to bring a player along, get them introduced to the squad, someone that he can utilise in the future. Yeah. And it's probably not the worst thing, but fam, when you can't, when you're 1-0 down to Italy, yeah, and you've got people like Tammy Abraham. Yeah. He, he totally wasn't even on the bench for that game. But like... It, it, it's it, like Harry, uh, Harry Kane's never going to get subbed off. So it's like, as a striker, are you, are you ever going to get a shot? What's the point? And he doesn't play in the two. Yeah. So it's like, are you ever actually going to get a shot? You might as well bring Jane Sancho or someone. Uh, or bring more than like five midfielders. Bring James Madison. For the love of God, what the fuck is going on with James Madison? What the fuck is going on with England? <clears throat> what is going on with James Madison? Why is he not in the team, Luke? Um, I know you've got some theories about who he might be shagging, stuff like that. I've got no theories. He's a family man. I think he's got a daughter. Okay. He's that daughter. Um, no, not, yeah, no. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so James Madison, in probably the best player in a very underwhelming Leicester side. I think in the last two years, he's got the mo- uh, second most behind Harry Kane goals and assists for England or not for, like for England national team but like it, Englishman in the Premier League he's got second most behind Harry Kane and then I think below him is Bukayo um, yeah I don't know why Gareth refuses to talk to James I think he is a he is a key that could be used in a lot of very yeah, to, like to open a, a lot of doors very Liam Neeson he's got a very unique set of skills that not many England midfielders have. Yeah. But it probably goes back to this refusal to play with the number 10. Oh, yeah, 100%. Which is probably the biggest talking point from this episode. We've come to the conclusion that get a fucking number 10 in your squad. Yeah, pretty um, much. But until England move to a formation which has a number 10 in it... He's not going to get a look in. He won't get a look in because... He's not going to play in that too. No, and we'll keep bringing... There's an argument he's better outright than Phil. He plays outright for Leicester. And I'd gets have involved. Phil outright. Oh yeah, I'd still have Phil, but I'd say he probably does the role better. But then again, you just have Phil for You could even time. have him playing as as sitting next to like Declan Rice in midfield. Yeah. 
These defensive capabilities are shit. To but be we've fair. got Declan Rice and three centre backs behind him. Yeah, yeah. I for me, he gets in the squad. But then, how do you? There is a lot of good players. How do you fit them all in? We'll take Harris one player that I just can't understand who hasn't had a look in yet is Fakayo Tomori. Oh uh, yeah, second best centre back England have. He he's just won. What did he win the Scudetto or just the he won Serie a? he won Serie A with AC Milan and he was their player of the season I think and he was immense so good and I think this refusal from England to respect the level of other leagues around the world yeah it's a bit crazy isn't it it is they say oh look at Chris Smalling he left Man United and he, he was doing it for Roma mm. but like they're still elite leagues. There's still teams in those leagues that beat See, English Napoli teams week in, week Liverpool out. over in the Champions League. It's like, it's like it, Serie A isn't the laughing stock it was, let's say, two, three years ago. The money, I swear, um, AC Milan are like the second richest club in the world now or something like that. Something they got crazy. Like Chinese owners that are disgusting. But like, they so got, they got players out there. Friday night. It's England versus Italy. You have a centre back who bl- spends his career in Italy in that stadium. In that stadium, mad. Doesn't even get a look in. Yeah, crazy. He plays against most of that Italy team. Yeah, week in week out. Yeah, Raspadori doesn't score that goal if Tamori starts. He's probably had Raspadori on crud a couple of times a year. But like, you got a player who's starting week in week out for AC Milan. Yeah, who uh, was their player of the season and. He's, he like he's done. He could not do more apart from come play for the best English team in the Premier League yeah. and score thirty five goals in a season from centre back to get into that squad. What what else he has to do over someone like Harry Maguire who's been dropped by his squad by his club for his poor lack of form. Yeah. He was their club captain and Eric Ten Hag has come in and gone. You're just not it. And then May United have started winning, winning, winning it's, with Varane. Yeah, and, that and, should uh, be Martino. enough evidence for the Maguire debate to be sorted. Question for you. If Tamori played at Arsenal last season and Arsenal finished where they did fifth, but he said, let's say, had kind of the same level of performance as he did in Serie A, but for Arsenal. Does he get in the team because he plays for Arsenal? Potentially. I think there is very much a bias from a selection point of view to the English leagues. Um, with Jude Bellingham being probably the, the main outlier, and it took a while to get Jude in. Of course, it did, but maybe that was due to how young he is. Yeah. Um, but it just it is baffling to me. And like, look, we're not going to win the Nations League. We're not going to uh, finish top of our group. Yeah. Let's experiment a bit. Get these boys some game time because there's no point you putting out the team that you want to start for the Qatar World Cup, and then fucking losing one 0 to Italy, and you're going. Oh yeah, Harry didn't play very well, did he? Luke Shaw's a bit, a bit shit. But we're gonna do that. Exactly. Zero, zero football IQ. Oh yeah, let's just do it against fucking Germany as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it is, it is just, it is baffling to me. And another thing about Southgate really fucks me off. Is, so as you can tell, we're probably not on the fence entirely. Yeah, we're but, off it, and I have, but we're gonna give him. The I have, World Cup I have too much respect it. for what he's done because yeah, he has given me some of the World best Cup. footballing moments of my life. We're Southgate out, but after the World Cup. Yeah. he He's a lack of um, t- uh, tactical proactivity. So his lack of substitutions early on into games. Yeah, it's crazy. It is so reactive and it's always reactive when England are on the back foot. And it's like, how about we, if we go up 1-0, how about we, you know, if they're pressing really hard, let's get someone in like Calvin Phillips who can break up the midfield. Mm. How about if we um, are... 
1-0 down, let's fucking put someone in the midfield or someone forward who's going to either stretch the line or can add an extra body midfield. We don't need to change our fucking centre-back at the 75th minute the when we're one all. is the perfect example. We were playing shit the whole game. I saw people at half-time saying, oh, this is better than the Italy game. It was just as shit. But, so, uh, um, at half-time, you could have made subs or at the 60th minute before they scored. When did they score? I don't know, like, kind of 60th minute-ish. But we were playing bad for about an hour. It took them to go 2-0 up for him to make the subs that he could have made at nil nil. If he made those subs at nil nil, we would have won that game like three nil. Yeah, but he had to wait until they scored twice to be like, "Oh shit, we're gonna go forward to back. We're gonna play some exciting attacking football because we're two nil down." We Why made don't you like, play that exciting attacking football when we're nil nil. We made like two subs versus Italy and then three subs versus Germany, and we could see we, at that point we could see three goals. Like it's it is so reactive. It is. So reactive. I mean, three goals over the course of the two games, not in yeah. the first game. But um, it is reactive and it's not a telltale sign of a progressive manager. Yeah. I think it's just his ability to read a game isn't that good. His, uh, We said this at the start of the podcast. You said it, that he is very good at tournament football, defending your way to the latter stages of a game and nicking a one goal lead. But that's only going to get you so far every tournament, and it's going to piss the fans off eventually. Which because it, it's, it's so pragmatic now, yeah. it's so pragmatic and so uninspiring. And I don't want to constantly link stuff back to Arsenal. But it's like with Emery; it was pragmatic and uninspiring. We got in a manager who, yes, say we lose a little bit more at the beginning, but you could feel inspired by the play. And I think, like you said earlier. The fans will be happy if you go out in the semi-finals playing exciting football, beating team 4-0, 3-2, and then you lose a 1-0. That's fine. But if you're just going to nil-nil extra time every single game, it's going to get dry. I do like the Jeopardy, though. Like I was just thinking about Penalties it then. do go hard. I was like, I do like last-minute winners. Penalties oh. do go kind of hard. Yeah. Beers getting... Yeah, but the thing is, though, if I'm 4-0 up, I'm having a great time, and my heart's That's probably it's a lot better for me as a exactly. person. Exactly. Um, live a little bit longer. But yeah, you know you know, there's been a lot of shouts for uh, a man like Jose Mourinho to take the reins. Um, is there jokes. a more pragmatic man in football? I've, well, like, throughout his career, I've never, he's never been at a team where I've been, like, allowed to back him, because he's been at Spurs, at United, at Chelsea. It's literally all my arch rivals he's managed. And now he's at? And now he's at Roma. And so there's never been a team where I'm like, oh yeah, fucking let's go, Jose. But if he was England manager, I'd like the opportunity to get behind him and be like, oh, Jose's my manager. He's a bit of a feels a bit, feels a bit wrong. Yeah, like, it does a little bit naughty. But um, he he never really like maybe his first stint at Chelsea was quite good football. Second stint, not great football. Yeah, he does get dusted out pretty quick. United just really, really. It's it was almost pragmatic again. Football, yeah, defensively solid. Try nickel goal here and there. Mm. Spurs very much the same. Roma, he's doing it a little bit different though. He's quite exciting player. He's quite he's, he's sprinkled the space. Yeah, Dybala, what player? Dybala, Tammy Abraham of Zaniolo, England. Pellegrini, mate, just a lot of techie yeah. doms. And he's uh, he's making Chris it work Smalling. for him. Um, but yeah, no, it's like we'll bring the discussion round to this and maybe this to finalise the uh, England saga the England saga for the World Cup do you um, no nah, we'll do like a World Cup 
preview. We'll do a lot of World before Cup before it yeah. comes round. I was going to say well, this six be weeks the last is, time we talk about England before the World six Cup. Six weeks is coming. We'll do like a little. Preview. I think it's six weeks. Yeah, I think it is like mid-November, the eighteenth. I think England. So what? We've got game. like four months, four England's weeks. In first game, twenty-first of November. So yeah, it's literally just over couple of months yeah. yeah or just Ugh. under two months yeah That's fantastic so soon um but yeah we'll bring up the content for that yeah um but yeah so i brought out the, the call for jose Mourinho. so say let's go let's go in a i'll put you in a scenario england get to the we'll be generous semi-finals of mm. the world cup we get beaten by argentina yeah right and it's like a two one and we've sort of We've done all right in our group. We beat Iran. We beat Wales and we drew against the United States. Then we beat in like a shit team in the round of 16. And then we beat a fairly good team in like, I don't know, maybe a Spain or someone in the round and their quarters. Get to the semifinals, get knocked out by Argentina. Gareth Southgate. Gone. It. He's gone. Gone. Head on the chopping block. I was hoping you'd say that because now gone. the rest of the question is, who do you get in? Okay, I've got a question for you after this, but um, who do I get in? So we were saying this before we uh, started filming. What the FA should have done is either bite the bullet five months ago and get in the likes of Potter when his stock was super high. Now he's not an option. The options are so dry if you want. I've seen a lot of people say, you need an English manager if they manage England. And so if you want an Englishman... The only options now, really, because Eddie Howe's in a long-term project, Graham Potter is in as long a long-term project. Sean Dyche. Big Sean. Ooh, that motive. I mean, but I'm not going to lie, Sean Dyche maybe gets a bit of disrespect because he, he almost had his hand forced at Burnley to play the football they did. Yeah. And like, I like Sean I, I really think he's got a lot of tactical astuteness I about watched him. his um, masterclass on YouTube from when Burnley beat Liverpool. Yeah. Very insightful. He's a smart guy. Yeah, but sometimes it's very easy to look back on a game and be like, oh, this yeah, is actually yeah. what I did. Yeah. No, but he, I, <laughs> yeah. generally, I do, class, Jose. I do think he is a really good manager. Yeah, no, so do I. I like him. But like, the only talks, if you want to stay English, uh, the free man that let down the golden generation in Wayne Rooney. Let down's very hard. Yeah, let down's a bit rude, actually. But they were, what's the word? They, they failed were, to deliver. Yeah, they were, what's the word if you're like... Complicit. In, my guy, they were complicit in the failure of the golden generation. Wayne Rooney, Steven Gerrard, Frankie Lampard. They're the, the only three really English managers that you could see stepping up. I will ball, stand but. outside St. George's Park. Is it St. George's Park? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I will stand outside there. I'll, fuck it, I'll stand outside Wembley Wembley's. with a stick and I'll beat Frank Lampard and Steven <laughs> Gerrard to death if they come near the fucking England Let's setup. Go. No way, no way, no, no way. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. <laughs> no, Jose, come. Yeah. Um, Wayne Rooney, I have a, quite a lot of respect for him because he did a very good job at Derby and I actually think he played very decent football with a very lacklustre squad. Hmm. Um, but just not the level. Not the guy. Not the level of manager to guide this generation yeah. to what it can be. For me, it's a really, really hard... Like, you, I, honestly, I think you've got to go foreign. You've got to go foreign. And because you look you've at... has got to go foreign. When was the last time an English manager won the Premier League? Well, it's like Graham Souness when um, Brighton hired De Zerbe and he was like, oh, I don't know if he's ready to adapt to our game. Number of English managers to win the Prem. 
Zero. Number of Italians, four. I've got a very, very, very interesting one for you. A man. No, 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 let me ask my one first. Okay. If Gareth Southgate wins the World Cup, playing whatever football he cha- chooses to do, does he keep his job? He can do what the fuck he, he wants, can mate. Shag my wife. <laughs> he can do anything. I'll I, let you shag my wife. He, he, he can literally be an England manager yeah. until he's on his deathbed. Yeah, that's true. Don't maybe, care. maybe win. But well, um, probably two. I, this is an interesting one. Look, a man who's under a lot of pressure at the minute, a very who's who performed very well in the past at three different teams: Celtic, Liverpool, Wendon. and and Big Wendon. <laughs> Big. Brendan Rodgers. It's not English, though. No, I know, but that's why I said you've got to go foreign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very foreign. <laughs> mate, exotic, mate. All the way to the, the Palm Springs that is Northern Ireland. But he's a man that's under pressure. Yeah. And I think if you I came, if you were the FA coming in, I think he'd, he'd almost do a good job at international football because yeah. you, you don't need to be the sergeant. And he's like Gareth Southgate in the sense they're both quite media savvy. savvy. They say the right things to the right players. Seems to always like as fucking shit as Leicester are at the moment. You haven't heard any player come out and be like, fuck Brendan. Yeah. He seems to always have the squad quite well. Yeah, but Wesley's a prick, man. <laughs> um, so you're always quite good at galvanizing and having a group on side. And so I think he's quite like Sarah Gal- Sav- Gareth Southgate. But better tactically. This is a really rogue one, but he almost... Oh, I was gonna say he's done a bigger job than Ranieri, but like he's done, he's done a really big job, and it can't be understated compared to what Ranieri done. Yeah, because he did stabilize Leicester as like a top top team in the Premier League. Yeah, after that fantastic season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, my wild card pick. I spoke to you about this before. Marcelo Bielsa, man. That's a shout. I hadn't even thought oh. about that. But the Could attacking you imagine football England would playing be a three-one, three-one, whatever. Yeah. Oh, mate, we'd have players if. Oh, we'd have players. If Ericsson was on our team for some reason, he'd have a heart attack with the football that you'll have a heart attack watching it, mate. That's what I'm saying. If we can't be unreal, I would love to see that run teams Um, ragged. But yeah, yeah, otherwise, another one whose name's in the sort of arena is Pochettino. Yeah, he's just getting touted with any job ever because he's and I think he's living off the back of that Champions League final with Spurs. I don't even think he's that good. Yeah, I mean. Fuck it, give it gigs to the end of the season, maybe. If he's not in prison, yeah, I was gonna say, is he in jail? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think that just about wraps it up. I think that's our thoughts on England. Yeah, we're doing uh, predictions. Yeah. Well, so we got the Prem back. Thank fuck for that. Yeah. And we got I some the Prem was a thing for a big bit. games this oh, weekend. Two big derbies. Two ginormous derbies. Arguably, what do you say the biggest derby in England is? West London. <sighs> nah, it's... For me... Oh. I think it actually is the North London derby, you know? I don't know. Because I think... I don't know. I really... The Manchester derby has lost its zip because Man City are just so much better. Even if Man United get a result, it's just... It's not as... But Spurs and Arsenal is tight all the time. And there is, like, hatred. Yeah. Like the Merseyside Mersey, Mersey is quite dislike good, dislike but Liverpool, Liverpool. Are, Liverpool are almost too good for Yeah, Edison. it's the same thing. And I feel like Man United fans actually hate Liverpool more than they hate Man City anyway. So that's sort of a derby, big... isn't it? Yeah, like, Man United, Liverpool, the, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the same issue, Liverpool are too good for Man United. I don't know. I think it is the North London derby. Southampton Pompey. Yeah, or it's the one that Brighton Palace. That's, that's not like a derby. A, that's not a derby, but people are trying to make it a derby. Yeah. Because they both got birds on their crest. Just, no. Anyway, North London derby to start. West Ham Millwall. Watford Luton. 
That's a massive one. Um, yeah. Early kickoff. I'm gonna be crying if we lose. I'm gonna stop you there. We win. We need to take a break. So basically, we take breaks because the camera cuts off all the time. The camera, the camera gives up after so, like 20 minutes or so. So yeah. we'll be back. It's not like we need a shit 24 seven. It's but um, we yeah, actually we just, just going to go right down some more football knowledge. Yeah, we need to go reset the camera. Early kickoff, Arsenal Spurs at the Emirates Stadium as well. What are you saying? This is uh, really this. This is the hardest one of the weekend for Arsenal me. Arsenal top of the league, Spurs undefeated in the league. I don't, I, mm. Will Arsenal be the able jeopardy to, is massive? Will Arsenal be able to play their game on the occasion on this big stage against a very very dark, artsy, hard to beat on the counter Spurs team? Mm. I don't know. I'm gonna go two all. Two all. Nah. I'm going three one to the best team in England. Oh no. And the reason why is, and I hadn't really thought about this until like two minutes ago, Spurs. Harry Kane's been away. Eric Dyer's been away. Richarlison's been away. Hoiberg's been away. Son's been away. Son's been away. Because he's free kick. Whereas Arsenal, Gabriel Jesus still stayed. Ben White still stayed. Martinelli still stayed. We've had decent amount of training, which I think could bode well for us. Ben White didn't play. And also Arsenal at home... We're very good at the Emirates against Spurs. And so I think, and also I've said this on all our podcasts about Spurs so far, they ain't they ain't that good. And I'll probably live to regret saying that now because they'll fucking turn us over. But I haven't been impressed with them. I think if the Arsenal... The timestamp is 101.31. So I'm just going to... If the Arsenal that. that turned up against Man United, even though we lost, if they do that against Spurs, we turn them over. Fair enough. Um, our performance levels have been... So much higher than Spurs this season. So I'm going 3-1. Did I say that? 3-1. Next, we have the Battle of the Bees. And by the Bees, I mean Brentford and the Bournemouth. That was all right. No, it wasn't. That was terrible. Bournemouth um, at home. Brentford travelling to the Vitality. I don't want to talk about this. I'm saying 3-1 Brentford. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to go 2-1 Brentford. This Palace, is a good one, though. That's a really... London that's, Derby. That's, that's, that's hidden in there, just nice and... Although I did hmm. see on Twitter that Chelsea haven't lost to Palace in like five years. Don't care. <laughs> Don't um, care. Chelsea Palace. I'm going to go for a... Oh, Graham Potter. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Chelsea. Nice. I'm going to go 2-1 Palace. I like that. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, you need it. Do I? Yeah, behind me is... Oh, what, in predictions? Yeah. I thought you meant just in life. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you could do that in life. Yeah. Well, everyone could do it with Chelsea loss in life. Yeah, okay. I, I love seeing Chelsea lose, so that's a win-win for me. Yeah. Fulham, Newcastle. Two teams. Well, actually, I was going to say two teams that are doing decent. Newcastle, kind of underwhelming. Very underwhelming. But Isak injured on interna- international duty. But there's rumours Callum Wilson is back fit. And Sat Maximan is back fit. Oh, give me a call. I'll play up front for a game. Against Fulham. Get him up there. Um, yeah, Fulham flying, though. Mitro... Decent couple of goals for uh, Serbia over the international break. Polina playing well. It's a good, this will be a good game. Yeah, I think um, I think it'll be a tight game. Yeah, same. I think Newcastle will get points by being hard to beat as opposed to being really flaring. The really defensive fluent. unit is good. Nick Pope might have a, a resurgence after that disgusting howl at the end <laughs> of the uh, Germany game. 
I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw. Boar draw! I don't know if it'll be boring, but no, nah, it probably won't be boring. I'm going to go for a draw also, <laughs> but I'm going to go 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two, goals yes. galore. Yes. Next one. Liverpool, Liverpool versus Deserbys Brighton and Hove Albion. I like the name Deserby, you know. Yeah. Tutto bene. But um, Liverpool, they need to start turning up because I said this on the podcast a while ago when you asked me, um, is anyone catching Man City? I said, no, Liverpool are too far away. And they need to change that. They need to start getting three points um, on the board. Jamie and Kwaku from last week, they they were pretty certain Liverpool would be still finishing second, weren't they? So, who knows? Um, Mo Salah didn't play the last international game. He was allowed allowed leave um, (laughs) to go back and uh, focus on the Premier League. I think Egypt won 4-0. He needs to turn up. He's been dry. He's gone out of fantasy too. It's going to... Yeah, it's... I still fancy uh, Liverpool to do the business. Yeah, I think it's going to be a 4-0 Liverpool. Fucking Deserby, hell. welcome to life in the Premier League. Yeah. And then you see Sooness like, oh, he's not Soonest. ready. He's too foreign. Shut up, Graham. I think that's the greatest insult he's ever had. <laughs> Sooness. Let's <laughs> go. Pogba's going to bring that out. That's what he should. Graham Sooness commentating on the game and Pogba's like, Sooness. <laughs> Do you see all the kind this of... This is where we got to now. Do you see all the fucking stuff about Pogba and his brother and his brother saying he put Juj on Mbappe? It's so, it's so like weird. I've like... We have to do an episode on I, that. I feel like is, they're literally just doing this so they can make a Netflix film out of it. It's so fucked. Anyway, I'm going to go for... Latin's Latin's going to be in the film. Yeah, Aspects kind of, of like gladiator thing, yeah. Yeah. 2-0 Liverpool, sorry. We kind of went off topic. 2-0 <laughs> Liverpool win against Brighton. Um, Southampton versus the Evertonians. The Toffees. Interesting game. I feel like these are this could be almost as dry as Southampton versus Villa the week before or two weeks before. This game has bore draw written all over it. I'm gonna go nil nil. I'm gonna go for a two nil Everton. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're liking Everton. I'm quite liking. It won't be for nominated player of the month. Maybe oh, Golden boy. Oh boy. What's that? Ballon d'Or? <laughs> Come on. It's about to say the Golden Bull. The Golden Boy. The Golden Boy. West Ham um, versus Wolves, a battle, as you'd say, of the W. Yeah, but who will be taking the W? Uh, West Ham, I think. I'm going to go 1-0 West Ham. I'm going to give them a fat D. <laughs> They're getting a Each fucking one-all draw. Okay. And as being generous, I don't even know if Wolves will score. I was going to say to round it up, but we've got fucking three more games. Oh, oof. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> to start the... Ex- not Saturday, Sunday to start the day. Well, it's two, two o'clock. Two o'clock. At the Etihad, Manchester City host Manchester United. Oh, a, a battle at the Manchester library. United. What yeah. are they on? Are they on like four wins in four at the moment? The battle of the shiny heads. Carton of eggs. <sighs> I'm just... Scrambled or sunny side up. I don't know. I don't eat eggs. 4-1 Man City. Yeah, I like that. I think Man United are due a spanking. I just like... Mm-hmm. Maguire starts you fucked I think he's injured um, but if Haaland <laughs> turns start. up yes sir I'm going to go 3-0 fuck it they could beat Man-, Man United with 10 men yeah I'm going 3-0 Man City I fancy United to get a goal though. I think um, City defensively yeah I don't know yeah I don't know Leeds Aston Villa ooh that's a really interesting game you know yeah, Aston Villa, a couple of decent results recently yeah and, and Leeds Leeds start the season hot 
taken a little bit of a yeah off the off the cooker but off the gas but it'll be an alright game Mm, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Leeds. Yeah, I like that. I think Leeds at Ellen Road, you got to back them there. I think Aston Villa, their team kind of shrink whenever they're in like a stadium that will get on them. And I think Ellen Road will do that. I'm going to go 2-0 Leeds. Nice, nice. And then... Round it oh, up. Another, night another derby. Yeah, Midlands derby. Two of the worst teams in the league. Leicester versus Nottingham Forest. Both this teams be Brendan Rodgers' last game for a W. Could be Brendan Rodgers' last game. Now. Before he takes England job. So, Nottingham Forest, they had all losses in a draw, I think. No, they beat uh, West Ham, didn't they? Oh, yeah, 1 0. Was it 1 0? Yeah, all, all losses and a win. And, and Leicester, all losses. So it's looking dry down there. Do you know what? Leicester going to win. Who knows? Leicester going to do it. Madison's been watching yeah. the England boys play and he's thinking. I want a piece Fuck of that. These, man, yeah. Get me to Qatar. Um, Could yeah. you ask, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> what, what percentage are these people? <laughs> I guess um, that means it's time to go home. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to go for a 1 0 win to Leicester City. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go for a 2 1 Leicester. Nice. Nice. Right. We'll wrap it up now. We've been waffling. We've been waffling for the last. Yeah, hour and nine minutes. Hope you enjoyed. As always, follow the socials. Hop on TikTok, YouTube Shorts, all that stuff. We're like getting into the habit, like We're diversifying content and whacking it on We're covering all platforms. Places. Do you know what I want? I want to get to hundred subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, same. That'd be sick. Let's get to that number. I'd really enjoy. Yeah, that. subscribe if you're not subscribed. We're not really good at tracking like our stats and stuff, but but we care. It's easy to hit the subscribe button. Don't be a pagan. We don't spam your inbox. We don't spam your YouTube yeah. subscription anyway. We literally upload once a week. Like you don't even notice that. when we upload. Like if you want to hit the little bell thing, do that. That's elite. But you don't need to. But subscribe. Do it. Do it. Do it. Me. Do it. But yeah, thanks very much for watching, guys. Um. Football is back. And I say yes, football because what England done isn't called football. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for watching, guys. Uh, it's been Board Draw and it's live. Cheers. Bye.